Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today we have a special, special segment for you guys prepared. Uh, it's a special little conference realignment situation. Um, we are going to bring on my stepdad, Raul. He's going to come on. He's going to talk with us about a certain conference realignment image that has been circulating the internets and the subreddits over the past couple of weeks. And just really interesting idea that we think we could have dedicated today's episode to. So that will be coming up soon. But first, Tyler, as always, we begin with quick hits. And I want to start quick hits by talking about Dabo Sweeney. Let's... Uh, Floor is yours, my friend. Let's talk about Dabo, Tyler. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about him. This is a coach that I before have said that I will have zero problem with my son playing football for this man. Um, and my opinion has changed slightly. Um, this past week, over the past course of the past week, there's been a couple things that have come out regarding Dabo Sweeney um, amid the heightened awareness of the disproportionately um, number of black men and black people killed at the hands of police brutality. Mm -hmm. um, with the discussion of all of this, uh, apparently some of the Cle former Clemson players have come out to say that certain coaches have used racial slurs and that the culture uh, that Dabo has at Clemson, while is good in terms of a PR standpoint, um, has some kind of dark moments and some dark spots, in, including Dabo allowing for other people to use the N-word. Not that Dabo has ever used the N-word himself, but that he has allowed for that to type of language and behavior to happen. Um... Dabo also this week was seen wearing a football sh a shirt that said, quote, football matters, which, yes, is, I understand, but in this time is being associated with the Black Lives, Ladder move Black Lives Matter movement, excuse me, and it just seems like poor timing in his yeah. taste to be wearing the shirt. Um, in response to all of this, Dabo Sweeney this past week um, released, along with, through the university, of Clemson and their athletic department, a close to 14 minute video, essentially talking about the situations that have occurred. And I came off a little like, I, I just don't understand. That's mm -hmm. where I'm at. Because what Dabo says in this video is a lot of, hey, it, it's essentially the old Christian white male version of I got a black friend. And yeah. he says, I've hired um, countless of um, black leaders onto my staff. And I, through the, the lens of the Lord, because as we know, Dabo is very faithful and very spiritual, very Christian, devout, devout Christian. Um, he says that it is his, he believes it is his journey and his purpose to help serve these young men and to turn them into young men, um, which is fine, which is wonderful. But it, it just seems it, it kind of gave off this aura of I'm out here helping the black cause. How could I be the one yeah. to allow this to happen? And And it doesn't really address the fact that he allowed for this to happen. He goes into specifics on the... Um, assistant coach that ended up using the n-word uh, he says that it was not used as a slur but he was simply repeating what a player had told him and mm -hmm. while yes in terms of the 
quote unquote badness scale. The severity of it. Is exactly, quote unquote. Technically, not better. as bad, whatever, but it's still not still, acceptable. At any point. shouldn't ever say it. <laughs> no, no. If you're not black, you do not have any you right in whatever no, situation it is to say. Absolutely. So that's that. Then there was a situation where there were people coming to visit the program and there were players in the locker room playing music and that the music had used the N-word and that that was one of the situations there. And then, of course, it's the, this past week, the Football Matters t-shirt, which he says that he received at the America's Coaching Convention um, and that he wears it all the time. It's just that this week he wore it. Which was uh, which yeah. was corroborated by some of his players that say yes. that like, he does wear that shirt a lot. So. Yes, exactly. Um, still exactly. terrible timing. Yeah, and you have and, to be more self con you have to be more conscious of what is happening in the world. Like Yeah, and that's and, and that's my thing on Dabo here, where I, this is where I'm gonna go into it, where listen, I respect Dabo as a football coach. He is quite literally a living legend. He um has plenty absolutely. more years to go and the only way he you know, he can if he can keep recruiting like this and playing this way with his team, he's gonna win more national championships. Um but you have to wonder the lack of awareness in mm-hmm. all of this, right? He can't just say, I was wrong. This was handled poorly. We have to do better. He kind of has to say, while the situation was wrong, it's not my fault. And I encourage those of you who haven't seen the video to go online and look up the video. All you got to do is Google Dabo Sweeney video, and it's going to pop up. It's on the Clemson Tigers athletic website. You can go ahead and find it there as well. Um, and I feel like that's the problem, right? Where yeah. when you make a mistake, you have to say, I made a mistake for X, Y, and Z reasons. It does not justify it. Here is the here is the thinking I had going through. I now realize that that thinking is flawed and incorrect, and I have to repair and make sure that the thinking I do ahead from now on is different and positive and constructive and not offensive to the black community or any community that it is you have wronged in this situation. And this is something and this does this kind of goes for me it goes beyond Dabo a little bit for me personally, but mm-hmm. he is like the chief think of it, catalyst of it right for this moment in time that we're in. Like I you would think that football coaches especially, mm-hmm. the coaches especially would be more op- would be more understanding of this sort of accountability and trying to better yourself and understanding what you've done wrong and not that it matters the technicalities of whose fault it was Mm -hmm. but that it happened and now we have to make reparations for it we have to build off that you have to try you have to actually put in work to do better right um and disregard what whose fault it was per se Mm -hmm. you would think that coaches who harp on that when it comes to football would be more outspoken about that when and other things Mm-hmm. Like, is that if that makes sense? No, like, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's, and that's the thing. Like with me, I, I mean, I don't think. I know some people probably think this. I don't think that Dabo Sweeney is actively, like, is is a is a terrible person. I don't think he's putting. I don't on the think of being nice or that. And he, I don't and think he's, he's racist. To, to no, be blunt think, about it, I don't think he's racist. No, I, I don't think. But it the problem does not come from him doing things. It's the problem that he's. It's what he's not doing. Mm-hmm. Is it's the the lack of awareness, the not going out, not 
making statements and it is in this world of like in this world of everybody has to make a statement when things when terrible things are happening in the world mm-hmm. it can feel a little dis ingen dis uh Ingen- disingenuous I think is the word feels feels but, forced feels sometimes. forced but it can look like that from a natural perspective but when Davos when he's making a statement he's talking to the, his community he's talking to the Clemson community he's talking to players he's talking to players moms players dads recruits and yeah he, he's speaking to all of them and by not saying things or by by saying kind of what he said I mean it just makes you you, you gotta like Ask yourself why you can't be doing better. Like, see, and, and I'm but, bungling the words here. I think no, but I get, but I think you're, but... I think your your message is getting out there, Tyler. And I think it's important that, and I believe it was Bomani Jones who said this. Who, by the way, if you're not reading Bomani Jones's stuff, if you're not following him on Twitter, if you're not watching and consuming every little bit of content that he puts out into the world, you're living it wrong because he is a phenomenal voice in all of this intersection between race and sports and how people handle it and his analysis of it. He's a fantastic voice for that. I highly recommend it. He, I'm not sure if he tweeted this or if he said this on first take that I had on this week, but I remember him saying that Dabo Sweeney, someone like Dabo Sweeney is never going to understand it. And here's the reason why Dabo Sweeney. When you look at, listen to his story came from literally nothing. This is a man who slept in the same bed in the same apartment with his mother while he was a walk-on at Alabama in college, like simply, simply to survive because they could not have it. It was him and his mom, and he he gives and and um, he devotes all that he does in the name of Jesus Christ because he believes that through Jesus Jesus's strength he was able to succeed through his intercession, and mm-hmm. that is how he lives his program. So this is a man that says. If I was able to go through all of this struggle and I was able to believe in the Lord and have the Lord bless me in all of this, why can't anyone else, right? Yeah. He is that mentality of tie yourself up by your bootstraps, work hard, and you will succeed, which I applaud and I admire. Absolutely. And that is something that should definitely be applauded. But that same mentality cannot be passed. And you, you can't expect someone who... For example, his black players who live in a country that is systematically set up against them for them to simply just say, if I work hard enough, I will make yeah. it when everything in this country points to the opposite. And that, and that's, um, but Money Jones said that as well, because he's like, that's why Dabo can't, like, he, he his just words, can't comprehend he can't wrap it. His, he can't wrap his mind around white privilege because he can't look back at a single time in his life that having being white helped him with anything. Right. And the reality is, is that it probably did a lot mm-hmm. because of the systematic way that this country is set up. But right. he can't see that. Mm-hmm. And because For, and honestly, he had a legitimately say, hard life and has has turned it around into greatness. Right. And by and, no fault of his own. No. Like he went through things, he went through horrible things. You know, that's yeah. not his fault. So the hope that can come out of this is, for all of this, is that maybe with enough, like, pressure not pressure like but it's being talked about it's still in the media like Mm -hmm. he's the he's the like he is the face of college football right now because as well nick saban is the number one coach in the country nick saban is not as open to media like right eats it up he's embraced of this he's embraced it and the downside of that is that when you don't when you want to step away it's not going to let you right and you have to own up to these kind of things 
maybe this will ch change things for the better. That's the hope. I mean, one encouraging thing is that Trevor Lawrence and several of the other players are organizing a protest in Clem right. Clemson, South Carolina, mm -hmm. like on their own. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes to show that like that the good work can still be done. It's just that it's it's a little it's an overall general lack of awareness. Right. Exactly. And, and that is and that is what so many people in this country are trying to bring awareness to the lack yeah. of awareness and i think this is and Dabo is someone that again while i mean i guess what i said at the beginning isn't i guess what i said at the beginning where i said i don't think i would send would like for my child to play under him if it depends on how Dabo responds to the situation because if Dabo can show us what he's shown us in the past that he is someone who is willing to learn and is open to listening and making that change and is genuinely a good person at heart, which I believe he is personally, then yeah, I would more than 100% wouldn't mind my son playing for him. Um, I think it's important to note out that DeAndre Hopkins, former Clemson wide receiver, came out and supported Dabo Sweeney just today. We're recording this on um, Wednesday, June 10th. He came out and supported him and said, no, he's not racist. He's not this and that, whatever. He's open to, and he's open to learning, open to dialogue. So... And that's and I'm a big believer of this. I talk about this with my friends all the people all the time. Mm -hmm. One of the things to say is that people don't just up and change. Like right. people don't just wake up and decide to do things different necessarily. Like we talk, like if if you if your employee isn't doing something the way you want them to, you can't just expect them to one day figure out the right way to do it. You have exactly. to tell them. Yeah. Like and teach them. You have to teach them. That's that's why education is a thing. Like mm -hmm. and so the hope and is that the, that change can come and i think it can i mean he's not he's not bobby petrino which former louisville players literally tweeted like one thing you can't say about bobby petrino is that that man was racist he hated everybody <laughs> and that's so true <laughs> so there, there there's there's progress to be made yeah like <laughs> there's hope there's hope exactly <laughs> I wanted to end it on that. Note. Yeah, and I just think it was important that we talked about Dabo specifically Absolutely. because Dabo is, if he's not the biggest coach in the country, he's the second behind Saban. So yeah. he's the face. He's the face exactly. So it's important that the face of our sport that we love so much, um, at least the coaching face, is, you know, works together and and learns and takes that learning. Yeah. So. It's it can be a, it can be a very trivial thing to have these people that we don't know speak on these things, but it's also very important. Like right. representation and, and the voice matters. Exactly, like, all that stuff matters. Mm -hmm. So, all right, so that's that on Dabo, and I wish spent a lot of time on that. Um, I do want to mention as well about the Iowa strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle, who was placed on administrative leave. Uh, his son Dylan Doyle is set to transfer from the Iowa program. Uh, there was a report. And I shouldn't say a report. There were multiple reports. Upwards of 50, excuse me, upwards of 50 former players said that um, the way that Chris Doyle kind of tr treated his players wasn't the, I don't want to use the word ethical, but yeah, I, you know, I'll go out on a limb and say ethical. Wasn't the most ethical. Um, and it was important to note that there were a lot of black, uh, black players. Now, no player has accused the, uh, Chris Doyle of, uh, using a racial slur or um, being discriminative uh, towards them outright, but it's more in these subtleties. Now, it's important to note Crystal has been there for decades, and 
is one of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the country. He's actually the highest paid strength and conditioning coach in the country. And this just kind of brings out not necessarily a specific person that was doing, you know, that, oh, this person's racist, we need to get him out of our program. But it's more the culture of college football that has allowed mm -hmm. for this aggressive treatment of its players, and in this case, specifically black players, to permeate through. And is that the right thing to do? Is that the way to run a football program? You know? Yeah. And that's so at all these college football programs, when you get a successful one, like, because of the way most of them are in small towns, they're in college towns, they become their, all these coaches, they become their old little like, feudal landlords over their little feudal kingdoms. I'm not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with that because it kind of, they, they just kind of want to run their program. Yeah. And then everyone in, in their region wants to know what they're doing. Exactly. So, so not to, put, but when that happens, inevitably these things they become echo chambers, mm -hmm. and it's it's an easy thing. Like like we said, you don't just wake up and see problems one day. Right. Like they they have to be shown to you sometimes. Exactly. And I'm hoping that this leads people to to, to and coaches to like make more like make a case to like constantly be reevaluating the state of the program how they're treating mm -hmm. their players what they right. can be doing better yeah. because it's easy to get fall into that trap of like this is what we've been doing and just because this, just yeah, because you've ahead. been doing something for a long time doesn't mean it's the right thing to do absolutely right. and I, I i'm hoping that that's what can come out of this yeah i just thought it was interesting that his son dylan doyle who played in all 13 games last season is transferring so is that necessarily... It might be a sign. Yeah, that might be a sign that administratively may be a temporary thing leading to a more permanent thing. Yeah, so. which I get in the sense of, like, you you put him on leave to evaluate. Mm -hmm. and exactly. And pretty much ask him not to return later. Exactly. exactly. We shall see. We shall see. Um, there is a coach out west, Tyler, that... Um, is in a bit of a pickle, his own pickle that he created. Uh, do you want to talk to us about that, Tyler? Yeah, uh, Morgan Scali, defensive, long-time defensive coordinator for the uh, Utah Utes, has been put on uh, suspension. Um, mm -hmm. And for similar instance, it's, uh, he'd been suspended for use of racist language in a text message sent in uh, 2013, mm -hmm. um, which uh, went brought on by one of the Utah safeties and... Uh, it was pretty vulgar, mm -hmm. um, but it's 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 a changing situation, and uh, that is another situation where it's a, it's again something where it kind of gets swept under the rug, right? And especially in another thing is that like in these little feudal landlord states that college football programs are, players probably sometimes and they multiple have said this they don't feel like they can step out and say whatever they want. Right? There's no union protecting them. Mm -hmm. They're, They're, not paid, They're not unquote. getting paid, quote uh, not at least not officially. Right. Like, they can get their scholarship pulled for any number of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, so, it just becomes hard, and then by that point, by the time you leave, you probably just want to get away from it rather than trying to go yeah. back and change things. And, and it it's, again, it's a culture thing. Mm -hmm. And these things lately have not made me, and I hope a lot of people try to figure out oh are these people actually been terrible this whole time but more so what have good people been letting get other people get away with 
Exactly. Like, what has been... What has not been done? Exactly. What Silence breeds yeah. this negativity. And so, how how can we stop being silent, you know? What are yeah. the steps we need to take now that we are vocal, in that sense? So, yep, there's news on that on uh, Utah. That's it for the more heavier news of the day. Um, there is some optimism in terms of playing college football this season, Tyler. The NCAA Oversight Committee is set to announce on Thursday, so tomorrow for us here, um, a six-week practice plan leading up to the be- beginning of college football. Now, this includes additional... It's essentially your summer, your fall camp that starts early, mm-hmm. as every season would have it. But it's adding an additional two weeks to have... Um, coaches essentially evaluate players on their fitness levels on how well they know the playbook essentially a two-week adjustment period adjustment period and a makeup for essentially missing spring practice yeah that's pretty much it so i mean thank god <laughs> i was gonna I say i really want college football <laughs> well this is a sign that college football is <laughs> is here you know is most likely going to be played less than 90 days so, i know big fan big fan big fan um and the last thing on quick hits is Reggie Bush and the University of Southern California have ended their disassociation together. Round of applause for Mr. Reggie Bush. You love to see it. Um, give him his Heisen back. That's what I was wondering. Uh, at the, the end of this article that I sent you, Tyler, says that they don't know about the Heisman stuff and they don't know if they're going to retire his number five. Uh, do it tomorrow. tomorrow. Retire his number five. Retire his number five Reti- it's and Reggie give him his Heisman. Bush. Give him his Heisman, retire number five. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that it's... Now, Heisman's a little different because it's an actual physical trophy. And mm-hmm. like, but it's one of those things where, like, I always find it hilarious when people are like, we strip them of their... When they stripped uh, Louisville of the 2013 title. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, am I, are we all supposed to pretend that the game, the national championship game that we watched just didn't happen There's, now? like, literal CBS and you're not, you're not going to give it to Michigan, the team that they beat. Right. So to... I mean, it's kind of a you. It's stripping them of a title, but in reality, the title still exists. Like Reggie Bush still won that Heisman. Well, it's like, like <laughs> it's like in I was watching Ken Burns' baseball documentary during quarantine, and it's essentially like there was this big debate of do we asterisk the home run chase and all that stuff, and it's like you could, but at the end of the day, it happened. Like there's footage, we know it happened. What's the point? And that's why there's no asterisk in the baseball record book, and I feel like. Once you do it once, like college football did, now it's a slippery slope of okay, you're gonna do it, but does it really mean anything? Yeah. Does it matter? It's yeah. It's I guarantee like, you, when when USC when USC counts their national championships, they count the 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 O four one. Alabama 04. has had a like decades long debate over a championship that they won in like the forties and whether it counts or not. Yeah, like like. It, who cares? Which is like like Florida, Georgia, and Florida have this. This um, they have a disagreement on the record of the Florida Georgia series. Yeah, like Georgia says that they have won one more team, one more game than Florida, in a game that happened in the 1940s where Florida says they officially didn't have a team because of the World War Two. <laughs> like, that is a debate that still happens. <laughs> it's just not going to matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, man. Uh, oh now, boy. Him, the disassociation with USC, I, I'm glad that that's over because that kind of does matter. Like, he yeah. can't be associated with the university. Well, like, last year, well, I was reading that last year when he was working for Fox and they worked a USC game, 
they had to get special permission from the NCAA to have Reggie Bush at the game. Like, he couldn't be at the game, technically. But they yeah. said, oh, he's working as a journalist. That's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he couldn't just go. He couldn't go to campus. He couldn't go to the, any games. So, it's and it's what it's something that the new athletic director is doing. Because apparently there's a rule that after 10 years, essentially the NCAA doesn't enforce it. That's oh, cool. Because... So, um, I, 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 if I were Reggie Bush, I'd go right back immediately. Yeah, like, well, he said, I, I saw him tweet and stuff. He was very happy and excited, and as he should be, you know? Could you imagine, yeah, I Tyler? To my, I, I want to go back to my college town if after 10 years I wasn't allowed to. Could you Could you like, imagine not being allowed to go back to Gainesville for a football game for 10 years? I, I'd be livid. I'd be furious. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, man. So, happy, congratulations to Reggie Bush. Uh, I hope that reconciliation and that relationship can start back up again it's gonna be gonna yeah. be great to see him on the sidelines it's gonna be great it's gonna be great um coming up right here what you're about to listen to is tyler raul and i talking about our conference realignment scenario number one courtesy of a graphic we found on a certain subreddit that we will describe in a bit when we talk about it we hope you enjoy it and uh we will see you on the other side we are joined now by my wonderful wonderful father mr raul rivera hi hey let's see yeah. we're literally standing next to each other and we live together. Um, See, that's a that's a that's a niche joke. It's right a niche there. joke. A very, <laughs> it's a, it's a very an inside joke. An inside targeted joke. Yeah. Um, no, but we bring roll on the pod today because a reoccurring, a reoccurring discussion in our household is conference realignment and what could be done and how things could be shaken up and how to make college football as a whole a healthier sport and entertainment event and i was looking on the uh ncaa series subreddit which is a subreddit specifically to the ncaa football series games uh which tyler raul and i have been known to play very often and i came across of this guy who created own custom conferences so what this guy's come up with is instead of five and a power five, he's come up with a group of three and a power seven. So I wanted to bring Raul on to talk about this fantasy world, um, conference situation and just see how much we like it, how much we dislike it, changes we would make, and just our overall feel of it. Yeah. All right. How does that sound? That sounds great. Sounds like fun. Sounds like college football's back. How's that sound, Oh, yes, right. Who's counting? Who's counting? But who's, but who's <laughs> counting? Exactly. Yeah. So what I didn't tell you is that every other day uh, I come back home saying, yes, we're saving college football because we come up with a new idea. Yes. There's constant ideas being thrown around in this I'm house. I'm going to become an AD of something. In Fairfax, Virginia. In Fairfax, Virginia. Fairfax. Saving. Save. Write the book. <laughs> Um, Write the book, build the statue. All right, so there's a couple things that I want to break down before we go into how we feel about the team specifically and how it's going on. Power 7. Power 7, we have your group of, or we have four of your Power 5 that we have now. We have the AC, the Big 10. We have the Pac-12, which in this scenario will become the Pac-14. We have the SEC. Now, there are three... Three other conferences. Big 12 is no more the Big 12. The Big 12 has become what we call the Big 8, which is what it used to be once upon a time in the, I want to say it was in the 80s, Tyler? 
Yes, but then again, it's not eight teams. Exactly. So <laughs> it just takes it on the name. The big fourteen. Um, but we don't have a graphic for that. So exactly. <laughs> no graphics. So I feel like that's the situation. Numbers be hard. Uh, Beast has made its uh, wonderful return to football. Nice. And they are joining us in this situation. And I honestly, Tyler, cannot make out the logo and the name it's of the that Southwest conference. conference. The old Southwest. The Southwest Conference. conference. There you go. Which, for the sake of the exercise, we're going to call the Texas Conference. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> because it is made, made up mostly of... There is... I literally oh, yeah. only see... <laughs> I think there are only three... There's four schools of the 14 there that are not in Texas. Mm-hmm. Isn't Tulsa is in Oklahoma? Tulsa northern than Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah, but it's north of uh, OU. And then yes, it's north. Yeah, of in the southwest, there's Tulsa is in Oklahoma. Yeah. There's New Mexico, which is in New Mexico, and then there's Arkansas and Arkansas State, and then everything else is in Texas. <laughs> so, so then let's so then let's start with the Southwest Conference. All right, in the East we have Texas, Texas A and M, TCU, Baylor. Texas Tech, Arkansas, and Arkansas State. So essentially, five Texas teams, Arkansas and Arkansas State. Hey, real, in this real, real uh-huh. quick, just I, I don't want to I don't want to distract from what you're doing, but can we just take a moment to talk about how all of this and Notre Dame still isn't in a conference? <laughs> so I, yes, I don't know we if have you our power seven, earlier, but I have we have a group it. of three, <laughs> and Notre Dame is still an independent. Because they are these stubborn sons of a gun that just don't ever want to join a conference. I wonder if their ACC agreement stands. You know how they play like five or six ACC games? Yeah, six ACC games. Well, I'm pretty sure they don't want to go to USF, so... (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they might break that. They're thrilled to go to Southern Miss. Um, Continue with the Southwestern Conference. So with the Southwestern Conference, that's the East. The West, we have Houston, Rice, SMU... The Mexico State Aggies, my apologies. UTEP, Tulsa, and the... I think that's the New Mexico Lobos. That's the New Mexico Lobos. I was going to say Lobos, but I forgot which school it was. So that is our Southwestern Conference. One final thing I forgot to mention, that each of the Power 7 conferences, yes, 14 teams, they play a nine-game conference schedule with a championship game, and they end up having three non-conference games. So keep in mind, and we're talking about what we think of situations, what we think of rivalry games that may be lost, there's still three non-conference slots for us to play with. Keep that in mind. So let's talk about the Southwestern Conference. Roll. what stands out for you in the Southwestern Conference specifically? The New Mexico State Middle to Power Conference and still FAU was... There it is. Tyler, if you had... If you had the over under on five minutes of when that was coming up, and you bet the under, I'm surprised it didn't. I'm surprised it didn't come up earlier. I was preparing an introduction, talking about that, but I decided not to go that route. I mean, Sergio can attest that when he sent me this graphic, that was the first thing I noticed that FAU was yes, still that is in true. a group of three. Which, in this situation, I'm like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but um. 
but, but but I want to I want to talk about FAU when we, we get, get when to we our get, group. Yeah. It's the group of three. We'll no, get no, there. So, but the first thing that comes to mind with uh-huh. this is that uh, I think it's smart, and this is something that you don't agree with. I think it's smart that with a state as big as Texas and or Florida or California, it's smart to have most or all of the schools within the state, and you have the uh, you know how for some reason power five uh, teams then they win two games and they say they're the state yeah. champions. So you can have an actual state champion with that. Right. Yeah. So I think that's more than that sense. It's, it's a, that's a, that isn't a thing that uh, some states in college football, California, Texas, um, Florida, states with a lot more football teams deal with that like other sports don't because most sports play enough games where you could actually decide that if you wanted to. Yeah. But not in college football. No, not (laughs) Uh, in college football. But but with this arrangement, then Texas has that luxury, right? Because I don't think there's another Texas school anywhere. Yeah. I think they put every single Texas school. Yeah. And there's there's none in the Big Eight. Uh, um, and I'm I, looking and around. Actually, I don't think so. Dude. So that conference has all the teams for those states. Yeah. Because it has both of Arkansas, it has both New Mexico's, and it has. Texas. This, so it's a more a more regionalistic approach. Yeah, this this, this whole graphic is a much more regional. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know a, a, a appeal to it, and so it's one of those things where like when this would be, I think, a great way to restructure everything if we if we like scrapped history, went straight from today, mm-hmm. like what would make most sense for right now, because like. The thing that the weird right. thing about college football as a sport is that like all these teams kind of popped up independently in their own university timelines, and then formed conferences mm-hmm. around that. So this just makes everything make more right. sense. See, I and and I understand that logic, and I I understand where the benefit could be. My thing is that we're so far ahead in college football history that it's hard for me to justify. Let's, you know, Tyler, we know Florida the best because that's our school. We talk about them the most. It's hard for me to justify Florida not being in a conference with Tennessee simply because we want USF and UCF to be in the same conference. You know what I mean? Like, to me, there's there's so much history there already. And I know the argument could be made that if the conferences were set up this way in the beginning, that then we would have that history. But personally, like, I mean, I'd much rather have Georgia and Tennessee – and um, even South Carolina in the same conference as me than if I was to have a, 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 maybe USF or UCF. Okay. Now that that doesn't that doesn't mean I don't agree with the fact that teams should be in-state teams should be playing each other. I would much rather play on a year-by-year basis Miami, FAU, UCF than I would the trips we're taking out to Texas and the trips we're taking out to Utah. You know what I mean, Tyler? Yeah, I, I hear what yeah. you're saying. Were you going to say something? Oh, yeah, well, because now you're jumping into the SEC, so I don't right. know. But because you can still do the same and say, okay, I want the Tennessee schools. Mm-hmm. How many schools are there in Tennessee? Four? Three? Four. There's uh, at four. least four. Division one. There's, there's Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State. Memphis. Uh, Memphis. Memphis. So that's yeah. four that I can think of off the top of my head. So, so you, you could easily have all ten. I'm pretty sure that you don't care much about Alabama being there. In the SEC? In the same conference as the Florida schools. If we're doing this regionalistic approach, no. That's what I'm saying. No. Yeah, no. Which should we move on to tell people about the SEC or 
so then yeah let's let's work no. let's work the next way then the sec uh there's some additions to it and and it seems like they've listened slightly not completely to that idea of keeping that more regional uh because the sec east has a few additions so you have your tennessee you have georgia you have florida you have vanderbilt those are the four schools that were in the sec before vandy stayed in well <laughs> Vandy, I, okay, but after watching the... Um, Boost those GPA numbers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they are also one of the founding members of the SEC. What oh, I, yeah, I, I mean... But I get you. In the, and in they have Nashville. They, they have Nashville. That's true. The SEC is never going to let go of Nashville if they, if they, can, no. if they can help it. <laughs> they, want, they play the, the basketball tournaments there every year, and so they want to keep that. They want to keep that stronghold. Also, Vandy, people forget, is a phenomenal baseball school. That's true. So maybe they want to keep that. I don't know. Anyway, so Tennessee, Florida, Vandy, and Georgia are the teams that were in the SEC before and have stayed in there. Three additions are Georgia Tech, which is just – round of applause. Round of applause to the commissioner for bringing our our Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, the Waffle House Warriors, into – into the conference of champions. This is the, this is great for it. this is great for recruiting. This is phenomenal for recruiting. Are you kidding me? Incredible for recruiting. You know what else? I know is great Georgia for hates this, but the rest of us love it. Like, you know what? You know what else is great for recruiting, Tyler? What? Having Florida State and Miami being in the SEC East as well. No. Another round nah. of applause. I'm I'm going to complain that Miami shouldn't be there. Miami Miami shouldn't be there. Oh, uh, you want you want to explain? You got to back up one of these hot takes. I mean, there. I'll probably uh, end up agreeing with you, but like. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta back up your hot takes. Uh, okay, because the Southeastern Conference. What is Southern about UM? Besides the location. I don't know if you can just throw out location like that. Like it's not something super meaningful. No, I, mean, because I know. It's, no, South, it, the SEC is, is about true. if you if for you the, the argument is you won't let go ten, uh, Nashville. Uh huh. Is because there's something else to In the fact that it's the SEC. Yeah. Okay. Then we should we should call it the Deep South Conference then because that's culturally that's the Ooh, difference there. That's a good point. It's true, no, but it's true. Um, Gainesville is I, I would, probably the. Be- I like to Gainesville joke. Gainesville and Tallahassee are, are more are more southern. Traditional. Well, I mean, South Florida is a different is 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 different than the rest like, of. Florida. I will put like, UM in the same bag as Notre Dame, and they can get lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna clip that. I'm gonna clip that. Dude, just cut it. Use it as our intro. It's yeah, be great. It's, that's gonna go in the intro music. You know how they do the uh, um, FCS uh, playoffs? Uh, there's one game the first week of uh, college football. Oh yeah, in week zero, FC. Th- that FCS should be UM Notre Dame. Give them the spotlight, and then that's <laughs> then it. We just and then we we'll focus them. on. <laughs> then yeah. We'll, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I but I like all seven teams that ended up in there, for the sake yeah. of, I mean, selfishly as a Florida fan, now we get to play FSU in Miami. And not use up a non-conference slot. Either, yeah. We the the one the one game or the two games that I think will be like, oh, okay, I enjoy those games, but I think it's more recency bias because of the way that the games have been played these past few years is LSU and Kentucky not being in our division. Okay, so I I can I can see your point. Mm -hmm. No, tell me the truth. Yeah. Close your eyes. Okay. And then open your eyes and look at the list and tell me if UM fits there. You know, I'm gonna be honest. Like, Georgia Tech fits there more than UM does. Like, I mean, yeah, you're no, no you're, you're right, right you're right. Like, you got a point. You're absolutely you're right. Well, Thank look you. at you. Roll one. Roll one. <laughs> the pod zero. Um, all right, so then let's go over to the West, and you have 
your your normal heavy hitters. You have your you have your normal schools in the SEC West traditionally. You have uh, the two Alabama schools, Alabama Auburn, the two Mississippi schools, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You have LSU, and then Kentucky moves from the East to the West, which is understandable. They're still in the sucks conference. Sucks for them. Sucks. Yeah. They, they get, <laughs> but but then the addition of the SEC West school, they're taking on Tulane. Yeah, buddy. Now. My, I oh, am I the only one who's like, happy about that? Okay, yeah, all right, fine. Yeah, I no, I'll stand. No, I'll stand here in the paint for it. Is this green is wave? This a similar best situation? uniform in college football. That is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> Their mascot is a wave, <laughs> and that wave looks incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> similar similar to the Southwestern Conference. Um, you have Tulane in here. Tulane is a Louisiana school. Yeah. So the three state the three states represented here are Auburn. Um. Louisiana, I mean, I'm sorry, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, and then Kentucky for some reason is in there. Um, I don't. How do we feel? How are we feeling about this? Okay, un- uncork your mind, galaxy brain. Oh, yeah. activate your third eye. Tulane is in the SEC, so that multiple years down the road they'll start pulling recruits away from LSU. I support. I I'm all in now. And and then weak strengthening Tulane and then weakening LSU. This can only be a good thing. I'm in. I'm all the way in. I guess. You know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny about this, Tyler? <laughs> I love that, like, like Sergio immediately got where I was going. Like, the, and then Rolls like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> if you want to look at it that way. You know what I love about this conference? This new image conference? The fact that there's a serious argument to be made that the power dynamic has shifted to the east instead of the west. I would agree. Because you have you have Georgia, Florida. Florida State is a sleeping giant. Miami has the potential to be good. Georgia Tech is literally just it's a bunch of fire. There's matches all over the place. Someone just needs to light it and spark it up. And Tennessee, you always need a school that's going to get high-level recruits and underperform. So it's great. And you have Vanderbilt. Yeah, well, Vandy's there for the GPA. Um, like, yeah, I'm just... On the other... We've only got one school that is useless. Yeah. On the other side, you basically have, what? <laughs> Alabama-Auburn, and then LSU. But if your theory is correct of Tulane taking these recruits, LSU's not going to be the LSU we know and love for, for a while. For long, they got about five more years, and then the, the, the cycle of recruits will start. Will start changing because now <laughs> all the, every time Tulane was trying to get the LSU rejects, they had to they had to really sell it with, and now they'd be like, well, we, we face them every year, so we're, we're, we're in, in the SEC. SEC. Tulane, we have Tulane this ESPN would, deal. We're good. Everybody at Tulane would die for this to happen. I feel like Tyler is. I feel of of all of the changes in this realignment scenario Tyler's the highest on Tulane I really am that I or Georgia Tech I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's Tulane but it's <laughs> <laughs> okay so <laughs> alright well we've done the Southwestern Conference known as the, oh by the way in the Southwestern Conference I just want to point out Texas Texas A&M every year I love that I'm a big fan I don't I think it'll like be physically it. possible for anyone in this conference to have a record higher than nine and three, but in the, in, SEC. In the Southwestern Conference. 
uh-huh. just because I, I, I do any of those teams have records better than nine and three? Well, Texas is used to that, right? <laughs> Texas is just <laughs> Texas. It, it's it. They are the Texas nine and three Longhorns. Yep. It's like in their name now. The, the Texas we're back Longhorns. Um, all right, let's move on from Southwestern. Move on from the SEC. Let's head out west, guys. Pac fourteen or fourteen teams. The Pac 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 fourteen. I have to make sure I'm saying that correctly. I keep wanting to say Pac twelve. The Pac fourteen North consists of Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Boise State, Idaho, and Nevada. Interesting. Interesting. And then the Pac fourteen South consists of USC, UCLA, Stanford. Cal, Arizona State, Arizona, Mm -hmm. and what looks like UNLV in Nevada. This this conference to me, it's like, okay, so you kept the Pac-12 and you added Idaho. You took out Utah. You kicked out Utah for some reason. That's true. Um, And then you essentially, this, this to me seems like the we need Boise State move. So... Yeah, I mean, um, congrats to Idaho for somehow still being a Division One team. Um, but more ammunition for me. But really, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it comes. See, well, okay, but if you the... want to go with your regionalistic view, FAU can't be in the Pac-14. I understand that, even though yeah. we'd like to travel. It's it's a, it's a justice thing. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Thank but you. But I actually me. would argue. I would actually argue that in the Pac-14 between. Well, everyone would probably look at Boise State as the biggest acquisition. I actually think that UNLV could probably be the biggest one because oh, you, you, Vegas, you showed up. You showed up today with your third eye already activated, Tyler. It's because Vegas, they just got the Raiders Stadium. There, I, I bet you they're going to want to start putting the conference championship in there. Um, UNLV mm. plays there. It's Vegas. <laughs> should I don't we, think should we mention Vegas. What can, what with a bunch of twenty-year-olds? A reason every yeah. most schools other than LA. That exists in the Pac-14 now. Mm-hmm. Other than LA and Seattle, most of these are in the middle of nowhere. Right. Look, and I like I love Tucson, Arizona. Like I, my aunt lives there. It's amazing. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a, this. You don't have cities. All you have is LA, where college football doesn't matter as much as it does in a lot of other cities. And Seattle, yeah. which is the same deal. Um, right. And. So I think that um, you want a place like Vegas. This is like this is me thinking long term. Okay. So my only concern will be Fresno. Fresno State is it? Yeah, where's uh, Fresno? Yes. Yeah. They're in the Mountain West. We'll talk about them in a bit. But that, that that's a good he Raul makes a good point. I didn't even think of this. <laughs> Fresno and San Diego State both. <laughs> so kinda, yeah, I mean in, instead of Idaho. Yeah. <clears throat> you yeah, you have Fresno you have two or well, three. They, teams have, they deserve teams. it more than Idaho. That could replace Idaho. Okay, yeah. so then, so then, let's go to the Mountain West because since this is the the region, Adjacent. the group of three teams, yeah. In the Mountain West, we have Fresno State, San Diego State, San Jose State, North Texas, Texas State, <coughs> Hawaii, and I'm going to be a thousand percent honest with you, Tyler. I don't know the school that's in that right above Hawaii. <laughs> that is the Roadrunners. So you, North, te- you, uh, North UT Texas, San and Antonio Roadrunners, UTSA. Those are the two Texas schools they kicked out from that they kicked the out from the Southwest. Southwest. Okay. So of those teams into the Pac-14, yeah, no, honestly, San Diego State and San Jose State, and honestly, maybe even our Rainbow Warriors, Tyler. Yeah, see, the though. only thing I, I push back on, like, I I would love Hawaii to be a power conference, but the thing I push back on that is that I think recruiting is just not. Yeah. Like, there's 
that's a boundary that I don't think no matter of exposure can overcome. Like, it's mm-hmm. just going to be hard to get some kids to go. I mean, it's not going to be hard to get kids to go to Hawaii in a certain they'll get, way. They'll get tons of visits. But, oh, yeah. But <laughs> I always love the story about all the Hawaii coaches and administrators who are always talk about, like, we have to say no to visits from five stars sometimes because we know they're not going to pick us. They're just trying to get yeah. a free trip to Hawaii out of us. Yeah. But... I think that Hawaii, like, that geographical distance, mm-hmm. and then yeah. with games and going back and forth, like, I just don't know if that's feasible for that. If it's worth and, it. Yeah. And when you play Hawaii, you get an extra game, right? Yeah, they, you they get, get... Hawaii yeah. gets a 13th game just because of everything they have, like... Yeah, and I think and I think teams that travel to Hawaii get a bye week, an extra bye yeah. week. There's something with them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still alone. I would that's love true. Hawaii right. to Under, be in the understandable. Team, but I just, I don't... I mean, that'd be great. If you're gonna talk about geographically, if mm-hmm. Hawaii gets in, if you could, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not wrong on that one, Tyler. The flights are pretty similar, dude. He's not wrong there. No, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. I'll Sorry. Give it to him. <laughs> All right. So, uh, any notable parts of the Pack 14? Do you think we can see anything else? I mean, on? it's pretty similar, except yeah. for the fact that all these new new schools. I I think that Boise. It's I I mean I'd love to see Boise in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. fourteen, jeez, um, but <laughs> I actually don't think Boise would want to move up. Like, really? If if things well, if things are like restructuring as a whole, they would. But like, uh-huh. I've just heard that Boise is very very happy with being big fish, the top of their bond. food chain, where they are where they are. Now, okay. like I said, if there's a complete restructuring of every conference, like this is, right. Boise's not going to just sit there and be stay in the Mountain West, right? But I just I like in today's day and age, like I don't think they would just move, straight up move from the Mountain West to the Pac-12 just because. Okay. Because they, there's no guarantee they could be the biggest. I don't know. I would love to see them in the Pac-12, but I don't know if they would. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, would they be able to compete? I think realistically, oh, I think that I think they'd definitely be able to compete. It's just that we're used to seeing ten win minimum Boise, and that's yeah, not going to happen. They'll go year. through a yeah. They'll, they'll and that's go through any some group of five years. team. Like you just you can. Yeah. I, I feel very confident these high level group of five teams can hit those highs. It's just that they can't stay there as often. And mm-hmm. I think that any team that is well coached and if you give them the resources of a power conference. Mm-hmm. In five years, they can compete. But it's not an immediate thing. No. Right. Oh, no, they no. Need to I mean, uh, Boise's probably one of the only ones that could that can compete immediately. Mm-hmm. But even then, they're going to need, like, time to... Because, to, like, we, we literally saw this when TCU joined the Big 12. That's true. Um, their first couple seasons, they went, like, 6-6. Six and six. Mm-hmm. And then after several years of now getting increased talent in there, mm-hmm. they started competing for championships. That's well, true. Big 12 championships. Okay. So. All right, cool, cool, cool. And cool. then embarrassing me with my with my uh, preseason predictions, but that's all. <laughs> uh, we should move on. Who <laughs> remembers that? Don't worry. All right, moving on. Okay. Let's go to the Big Ten, which I guess on brand they have fourteen teams now, so I guess they stay the name Big Ten. Whatever. Um, in the East, you have your normal your normal hitters. You have Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. You have uh, Indiana that stays in there. Uh, and then you end up having Buffalo, UMass, what, and Western Kentucky. 
This is an interesting. This geographically take. makes no sense. Well, the Kentucky yeah, one does, but like exactly. Let me. Well, let's go through the West. Then we'll talk about the MAC teams, and I can give you an argument as to which teams can replace some of these teams that have thrown in there. So in the Big Ten West, we have uh, Indiana, um, Illinois. Illinois, sorry, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Purdue, Northwestern, Iowa, and Middle Tennessee State. This is where it gets a little a little more interesting. I, I think this conference got significantly weaker. I'm officially upset. Ronald is fuming. I had only seen the ACC list, the SEC list. I was like, okay, whatever. UMass. That's my argument. UMass. UMass. I mean. UMass got it, a conference, but Notre Dame didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but this conference got this significantly weaker. This conference got weaker. weaker. This might be the weakest of the Power Seven, if we're talking here. How does a conference lose Rutgers yet still get weaker? <laughs> that's, supposed by adding a, that's supposed to be addition by subtraction, and you, you, they messed it up. It's because they added UMass. Yeah, that's a good point. That's um, the problem. So they lost Penn State. Exactly. They lose Penn State, and that's a really, 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 really big deal. Um. You still have your Wisconsin. You still have your Minnesota in the same division. Uh, you still have Iowa causing havoc because we know Iowa likes to do that once every year, once a year. You still have Ohio State, Michigan. So the big end of year draw. You still have Michigan, Michigan State. Um, but really, it's just going to be a lot of like new rivalries brewing. I'm really excited to see this Buffalo Purdue, this Buffalo Iowa. Like that's some stuff that I actually would be excited to see. Buffalo is my favorite of these teams that were thrown into this conference. Um, UMass to me doesn't make sense, but when you look at the MAC teams in the group of three, right? You have you have Ohio, Akron, Kent State, Ball State, Toledo, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, and Western Michigan. So it, it it's kind of pick your poison here when you're throwing in um, these group of former group of five teams into the Power Seven. But I still think they whiffed on they UMass, added, what, uh, and what I can understand the like, Kentucky, Western Kentucky. What are they doing? I mean, to me, it's just a UMass whiff. I I don't mind Western Kentucky. I, I don't mind Middle Tennessee State oh, because oh, they're in that region. Uh, yeah, and my point will be extremely, extremely subjective. Okay, but uh, why don't you put Navy instead of UMass? Hmm. That's a great question. I mean, they're in Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Navy's not opposed to being in a conference they're in one right now. Much, I, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's more high profile. Mm-hmm. If you put Navy, then automatically you so get a better big... So replace Na- replace UMass with Navy. UMass, you can be an independent. Um, That's a much better conference. Much better. A much better conference. Um, But yeah, this conference to me ends up being one of the most boring because... We know how it's going to go, right? It's going to be just gonna Min- beat everyone. Ohio State's going to beat everyone. Michigan's going to go 10 and 2. Um you're going to have Wisconsin or Minnesota cuz PJ Fleck is there fighting for the West. And yeah, you're going to have you're going to have niche Buffalo fans like me. Like that's pretty much it. Could could we argue that uh Boise State will fit better? Mm. I don't know. On the field-wise or overall? Overall. 
I don't think so because Idaho's pretty far out west. Idaho borders Washington State. I mean, I'll say that on the field, like I feel like they'd be just fine. Yeah, on the football field, I feel like they'd be. But fine. Boise State, I, I mean, Boise State could probably win the West pretty easily. That's a take. Well, not pretty. Okay, pretty easily. Yeah, strong words. Minnesota, Minnesota's that. a good football team. Like <laughs> I know, but Boise State's going to yeah. be a serious contender yeah. but in the West. Be it will be much better than UMass, Western Kentucky, or Middle. I think we can agree that that, that every, anything could be better than UMass. I think we can all agree uh, that. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's let's yeah. move on. But Let, now, of course, they have access to a national championship like everybody else. <laughs> well, I want to talk about that. <laughs> I have an I have an opinion on that later on. Um, we have the Big East, which is making its <laughs> which its which has UConn, return. which doesn't even want to play football. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, you really got screwed. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about the the Big Ten, the Big East, East, which they got to change that name. Can't have the Big East West. Like that doesn't make sense. The Big East, it, it doesn't. You can't have an East West division in a conference named the Big East. The Big East West. That's so true. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go squared. through these. <laughs> Who thought, of, who thought this was a good idea? Uh, all right, so the East Division. So you, you have what legends and what was it? What was what was it? Legends and leaders and legends. <laughs> all right, so the Eastern Division. You have the only the only one I respect is the Atlantic Coast ones. But I had the Atlantic and the Coast, and I'm like, there's no difference. But <laughs> it's a it still makes sense for what you're going for. Yeah, exactly. All right, the Eastern Division. We got the Almighty Pit. We have Penn State, West Virginia, mm-hmm. Syracuse, Boston College, Rutgers, and Temple. And in the West, you have Cincinnati, Louisville, Marshall, Miami of Ohio, Northern Illinois, <laughs> or K- UConn, and Ball State. This is personal now. <laughs> this is – you Who's know what? I'm just going to – I'm just going to ISO – have the floor roll. Just – this is Speaking this is mind. justifiable. <laughs> Jeez, really, really, Ball. St- you, I want to point out FAU beat Ball State in Ball State in a non-conference game a couple years ago, and it, it was it wasn't even close. It, it, after and FAU actually geographically fits with this. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I mean, as much you as could, you could lie and believe, make yourself believe it did. As much as Louisville fits, Louisville's in Kentucky. Yeah. Like this makes sense to me. To me, here's what you can do, right? Um, the East, you can replace Rutgers with FAU, and you have a nice looking Eastern. I like the East. I do like the East. Replace Rutgers well, with East, FAU. I like I think the East. The East a lot. is fine. Like, yeah. The West is where I'm like, bruh. Like, what are you doing? It's essentially Miami Louisville, of Ohio, Northern Louisville and Cincinnati, Northern Illinois. UConn literally doesn't want to play football. <laughs> this is this is the, the most disrespect. one-sided conference. It's insane. It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. How do we how do we fix this, Tyler? How do we um, fix this, this I, division? I don't know. I mean, I just play round robin. Oh, play Can't round robin. Get rid of like four of these schools and play round robin nine conference schedule. So turn the Big East into the modern yeah, day Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, 12. like the East is so. It, I bet you every team in the East is just pissed 
beyond. I mean, besides Penn State, they'll probably win it anyway. <laughs> but they're like, really, really, well, really. Hey, we they have, have to play, play all Pitt. these good teams, and you got ball, Cincinnati, Louisville have to play Ball State, which sucks. Yeah. That's this is this is a bad one. This is definitely a bad this one. This is a bad. This I, is a big, I do. This is a big woof. I feel bad for Temple because Temple to me is a team that deserves a, a power. Put five Temple shot. in the West. I was gonna say, bro, like give them an opportunity. Temple, twenty twenty Big East West champions. Speak on it. <laughs> could, could we argue that um, almost any team, but I'll just choose one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisiana Tech is better than Ball State. Agreed. Yes. And it has more history. Yes. yes. And he's in none of the power conferences. Yep. Injustice. Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Coastal so, Carolina. ECU, sorry. Eastern Carolina, sorry. I mean, anything with a pirate. They'll, freaking, have, they'll have to hire this guy. Uh, <laughs> they have to yeah. hire Mike Leach because it's a pirate? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have... Don't, don't listen, just you say have, that out into the universe. They'll do it. He'll, he definitely will. <laughs> listen, you have UAB sitting there. In, the, in Conference USA, you have... Louisiana Tech, I mean, yeah, Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Lafayette, UAB, Troy, South Alabama, FAU, FIU, Eastern Carolina, and Old Dominion. And of all those schools, I mean, I count probably Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Tech, UAB, Troy, FAU, FIU, Eastern Carolina would all be better fits than the schools that have ended up Uh, in that that division. Man, Big East, you really whiffed it. Yeah, maybe the name was just too much for them. They read like the Big East West, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have a seizure," and they just like booted. XE, XE has stopped working. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. We got two Power Seven conferences to talk about. Let's go to the Big Eight, which has. I actually teams. am really um, would be really excited to watch this conference. Me too. This feels like a conference that's very. How does one put it? Uh... Every single team in this conference, their location is solely dependent, with the exception of probably two of these teams, on these football teams. Yeah, pretty much. And it would be, like, so intense. How we talk about, like, which we are on record roll for saying this, that the whole SEC, it just means more slogan is complete and utter trash. It's stupid. It's dumb. But I feel like it would be very applicable to this 14-team Big 8 conference. I guess, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it'd be fun. All right, so let's let's go through the East. You have Oklahoma, Nebraska, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Missouri, and Iowa State. Might be my favorite uh, yeah. division in this entire it, exercise. That's pretty fun. Like, this this I, this won't be the best conference it, like strength wise, but this no, that's a really fun division. Yeah, you and you get Missouri and Nebraska are back. Rivalries. Yeah, they, where they belong. Uh, OU Nebraska huge. Was OU Nebraska was a yeah. big rivalry, yeah. And you can still have the cross-conference yeah. games, right? Be- and now Nebraska can play Colorado like they played last season and will play this season um, and renew that rivalry. And the other teams in that West, you got Colorado, like I said, you got Utah, Utah State, Wyoming, Colorado State, BYU, and Air Force. A surprisingly decent roster there. I agree. I like to think. What about what about Air Force there? What about Air Force? Well, Air Force is in Colorado. Yeah. The Air Force Academy is in Colorado, mm-hmm. and so they geographically have a big it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Navy well, and Army still don't have a conference. With... 
Yeah. <laughs> they have a big rivalry with Colorado State, with BYU. Okay. With those types of teams. So you're, you're gonna keep that you're gonna keep that rivalry. You get the Wyoming Colorado State rivalry, which thanks to being the Wyoming head coach in my NCAA fourteen save, I found that as a really really big rivalry. Um you get Utah and B you get Utah and BYU in the same division. Tyler, it's pretty. Uh, we get a pretty, holy war. Holy we get a war holy to decide war the division, the baby. Division? You know it, baby. I love that. See, this, oh, it's gonna I be like fun. this. This is a fun conference. You see, they should play with Notre Dame. They should play with Notre Dame. Holy war! <laughs> That's amazing. I love this conference. This is probably I, the yeah. conference that I have yeah, the least problems with. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then the last conference we have is the ACC. They're split into north and south instead of. Atlantic and Coastal, which you said, Tyler, makes absolutely zero sense, but whatever. Um, In the ACC North, you have North Carolina, Duke, uh, NC State, Wake Forest, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Maryland. And in the ACC South, you have South Carolina, Memphis, Clemson, UCF, USF, Southern Miss, and Georgia State. Our Georgia State Panthers. What? an incredible take by the ACC a heat check by the ACC because up to this point they had everything right they had everything right <laughs> Raul has just showed Tyler the Sunbelt standings from last year and where Georgia State ended up uh, irrelevant Irre- Solid. I mean I understand the Sunbelt so a 7-6 I, sh- I guess record. <laughs> irrelevant they beat Tennessee that's all I care about that's and that's why they're our. They are our podcast. Did, did I ever tell the story of the podcast when I watched this game with a, at a bar with friends and there was a bunch of Tennessee fans near us and I was insufferable? And this is like <laughs> week one. Florida has already played. We played z- week zero, so I'm just there yeah. with my friends who are like Alabama and Oklahoma fr- fans and like just cheering on whatever. And I see Tennessee a jolly losing. Good time. And it was like I was suddenly a Georgia State fan. <laughs> and literally we had Tennessee fans come talk to us, maybe calm down. And I'm like, I'm not going to calm down. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. And then in this – in the, I, li- I actually like how they broke this up geographically because you have the North Carolina schools, North Carolina, Duke, NC State, Wake Forest. You have the Virginia – and then you have the DMV area schools, mm-hmm. right, with even though Virginia and Virginia Tech aren't DMV, but they're Closer. actual Virginia. And then Maryland is in College Park right around the corner here. So that to me makes sense. And then in the South, South Carolina, Clemson, you got the South Carolina schools. You have UCF, USF, you have the Florida in, uh, input. You have Memphis and Tennessee. You have Southern Miss in Mississippi. And then you have Georgia State and Georgia. It covers all the bases. I know, right? That's a, that one's a little. Southern. Brett Favre, though. Brett Favre, I guess. Sure, if you want to go back to the nineties, there's really no, there's really no explanation for no. why FAU is not. In. And that's what we're saying. We, Thank I, you we, very much. we think. I know Tyler and I have talked about this before, but we think that FAU's place should be in the ACC in uh, instead of Georgia State. That's where it should be. Well, when I when I was talking to you about UM's personality in the SEC, uh-huh. when I if I see okay, whatever, I, if I had the chance to put FAU whatever I wanted. Uh-huh. I think obviously the SEC will be great because in, it's, in the modern day, yeah, like yeah, yeah. R- real if, life or this graph. No, no, real life. If you tell me, okay, whatever you want, it, I will say mm-hmm. yes. SEC is cool, but somehow I think it will fit better with the ACC. Why is that? 
because it's not southern. It's, mm-hmm. it's there's something about the the southern personality. Okay. But even but even yeah. if even if the SEC says you are going to be our footprint in South Florida. Oh no 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 no! Don't get me wrong. If the SEC comes knocking, I say okay. Uh, you see, I was going to say something inappropriate. Because, <laughs> because, because but I will be grateful. it's an investment. You got to invest for for fifteen years down the line. Exactly. And you've naturalized your conference. Exactly. That being well, like the one thing you could have is that. Eh, well, I guess that's actually not true. Um, I was gonna. Uh, I just I just realized something. Uh, never mind. Because the one thing that Florida does have in SEC is that Florida is the only Florida school. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the conference, and that so helps get, us a lot in recruiting. Yeah, and I mean everybody comes to Florida to recruit anyway, so it's mm-hmm. you're still fighting for. You're yeah. not. It's not the days of Florida being able to pick Florida or Florida State or Miami to be able to pick whoever they want from outside mm-hmm. people. That those days are gone. But yeah. you're still getting a lot of those kids. But Florida can sell that that they're an SEC school, but they're the only one in Florida. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a two lane situation for FAU. I mean not quite the same because there's already so many schools and so much talent in florida but right. it would be that that would that would be good mm-hmm. uh but yeah i'd agree i'd love well, to see fau well, in, in well, either of those conferences though when we when we talk about this with sergio sometimes uh my argument is my argument is usually that florida state is too close to florida the fau is far away enough it's like you remember right? it's like mm-hmm. far away enough so it's a threat but not necessarily a big threat and it's still it's a different part yeah. of florida like right. like Gainesville and Tallahassee are close enough, like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, they're it's similar. They're similar-ish similar. regions. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, well, anyhow, so what my argument was going to be that I don't understand why uh, Southern Miss and or Georgia State <laughs> are in that conference and still FAU is lingering in the group of three. But I think that we can all agree that Memphis, UCF, and USF getting in here is good. I am fully on board that. Um, I am. You're, you're right. Memphis and UCF are great to be there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's some USF beef in this family. It's a good point. It's a good point. I just, it's one of those things point. where, like... Alex, Alexa's rubbed I, off on I, her I, <laughs> I really don't think that you can take UCF anywhere without taking USF with it. And I could be yeah. wrong about that. But I think they're a package deal. Maybe that, that's me also with, with family members to go to UCF being like, I just don't think they'd be able to... I mean, you could, but then they'd still want to play the rivalry every... every... But yeah. But, but, but uh, UF plays Florida State every yeah. year. So that's, that's really not an impediment. That's true. That's and true. Then, if you really want to make it a big yeah, deal. That's a good point. But... Um, the last thing I want to talk about here is the... Um, because this is NCAA 14, there's still BCS Bulls. Um, but still, this makes sense in, in the bowl tie-ins, right? So you look at the bowl tie-ins. Traditionally, the Rose Bowl, you get the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. So now you get the Pac-14 and the Big Ten in this situation. The Orange Bowl, you get the ACC and the uh, Big the Big Eight. The SEC goes to the Sugar Bowl, like normal. The Southwestern Conference goes to the Fiesta Bowl. And the Big East oh, the ends up going... Who are they playing against? And then the Big East goes to, it says, any conference. It's a great question. <laughs> because there's no direct tie-in. Uh, I don't know. So so the ACC is playing the championship game in the bowl game. In the bowl game. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Um, no, no, no. But That checks. Here's my, here's my proposal. Eliminate bowl tie-ins. They're stupid. Eliminate bowl tie-ins. And then just seed them off based on... You, you can have your... Your champions get a guarantee. Wait a second. 
but not tie them in like like the guys, SEC guys, champion doesn't guys, have to go with something. You guys, you're you're overthinking this. You're you're both overthinking this. Uh-huh. The way it's just it's that they're going to do an 18 playoff format. It's going to be the winner of each Power Seven conference, and then Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame doesn't play a game all year, and then ends up in the playoff. No, they don't need to. It's Notre Dame. <laughs> okay, but that brings a big question. They in, got Jesus. In, <laughs> they got touchdown Jesus. In this situation, what's the best playoff scenario? Because now you have, rather than five teams, you have seven teams that are champions of your so-called power conferences. I mean, these ADs aren't going to allow for them to be three that are eliminated. I mean, yeah. If for me, if for me, it would it would legitimately be, well, I don't know about seven automatic qualifiers, but mm-hmm. mm, that's tough because right. it still go, it still goes back to is winning your conference an automatic qualifier, exactly. which it I, I isn't it right now. Mm-hmm. What I think it should. I mean, it. I feel like when you expand the playoff to include more, once you expand the playoff to include more spots than there are conferences, mm-hmm. then conference championships are an automatic qualifier the reason i don't think that they are like for they need to be for a 14 playoff right now is that you're always going to have more conference champions regardless of whether they're worthy or not um than you can put in so it's really not about that um Mm -hmm. but in this situation you'd have more spots than there would be championships to go around so um i think that you could you could argue that would be an automatic qualifier Mm-hmm. Okay, so and then just the best eight team, eighth team. What you could do is to have them eliminated, right? So it's um, I this might be another episode, mm-hmm. but if you if you get all uh, six of the seven champions playing each other, okay, uh, you have si- uh, three games. Mm-hmm. So you have three ch- teams coming out of that, and you have the other champion playing against. Whoever comes out from the independent group of three. So, so having, okay, Beautiful. so, so essentially, an eighteen playoff yeah. with the all seven conf- power seven conference champions, and then one representative of the independent so, or group of three. Yeah, so uh, the best of those. So, uh, yeah, because you have three champions plus Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so or Navy, you- or Navy. So New- Notre Dame is a group of three team. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I, I always thought about it. So you you get two you get two teams out of that that sack. Uh huh. And no, you get one team because they, they had to eliminate each other, right? So you have the two champions of the group of three, one champion with the independent. Uh-huh. Those two play a game, and that plays against uh, the seventh power conference. Okay. So my little guys, if you want to be part of the championship conversation, you have to play two more games. Okay. But I think that at least gives them an opportunity rather than just being shut out completely. Yeah, I mean, if, if, I like if that. you're going to tell and, me that and it, too many games, then don't, don't complain. I yeah. would rather you play in two more games. Yeah. Special thank you to my stepdad, Raul. Love him to death. Um, special thanks to him for coming on and giving us his opinions. Um, man, is he, is he salty about FAU. Man, is he salty. With, with good reason. He was great. Good reason, I would like to say. Oh, he's salty. Good reason for being salty. Got, I mean, it's all that salt water out there in Boca Raton. Um, no, good, uh, absolutely. Like, I mean, the more and more we went through it, 
I was like, oh my god, there's no reason that FIU is not on <laughs> one of these conferences. Listen, man, the the Big East West, which again, <laughs> such a strange name. Um, what are they doing? What are they doing? The Big East West. Seven teams and five of them suck. Like, unequivocally suck. Like honestly, I will just actually, throw the Creighton basketball team. It out would there. actually be a, Cincinnati, a Cincinnati Bearcats. If you evaluate the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Louisville Cardinals team that year, it would legitimately be ain't played nobody. Facts. Yes, it would be. Like you know, what? I would Honestly, not even argue against it. The Cincinnati right now in the in the American division they're in is in a better division than this hypothetical Big East division. Absolutely. Like they have a better shot at like a no, modern day absolutely. Like what was that division? Oh uh, yeah yeah oh uh, yeah yeah. Uh, I do want to say, I am excited for that Texas Texas A and M yearly game to decide the division. I want that. I want that to happen. So come on, bro. Woof. All right. Yeah. All right. Enough on that. Um, Tyler, let's go into tweets we shared real quick. All right. Let's talk about some tweets. You go ahead and go first. What's your favorite tweet? All right. Uh, Favorite tweet you sent was a tweet by Unnecessary Roughness. Mm -hmm. Um, the J.D. Spielman was the first Nebraska wide receiver to have three 800-yard receiving seasons. Now he is in the transfer portal. He is the 14th Nebraska Husker to transfer this offseason. This offseason. Sir. Scott Frost. What is going on? What, what, what happened? Okay. This is a classic case. This is the classic case of we all thought surefire, no doubt, 100% will succeed, is failing. And... It's not just that he's failing. Could we say he's lost the locker room? Given the fact that... It's possible. 10, like 10%, more than 10% of his locker room is gone in the transfer portal just this offseason? I wouldn't argue against it. Like, like bro. I, I don't have a dynamics in that locker room, but 14 in one offseason. And... I just I don't feel like it's one of those things where it's like well we got to change everything we got to in with the in with the new out with the old kind of thing I'm just like uh, the whole thing again and this was a concern I remember bringing up when he went to Nebraska right. is that he was able to win at UCF because he recruited speed he recruited floor to speed and he could outspeed everyone in his conference I'd also like to remind you McKenzie Milton was on the track on pace oh. to be an NFL starting quarterback. I agree. He, he he struggled with his quarterbacks. Yeah. And like he made he made his name for himself also being an offensive coordinator for Marcus Mariota, right. which like it's a big it's a big debate between where does the coach deal with the success and what does the player, but also it's What's certainly probably it can't be hard to win in college with Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Mark Helfrich went to a national championship with Marcus Mariota and then went four and eight, like Three seasons and, and that's the question like, where is it the players or is it him putting the players in the best position but even then when you talk about like jd spellman three 800 yard receiving seasons that's not a bad thing like he's got some players like martinez is a good quarterback yeah. he showed flashes that first year with frost and last year he regressed that was the issue that he was regressing that he was remember that first game of the year where they ended up winning but they gave up i don't know how many points on defense and he said the offense yeah, is was, fine the defense great. sucks and he essentially called out his players the first week of the season you know yeah. what i mean like that's not a great sign that's not a great sign and i mean i'm not and i'm not i'm rooting for scott frost to win because i want nebraska to be good i think i think a good nebraska is healthy for college football as a whole 
I agree. And the problem, I think the problem is, is that Nebraska is at this point right now where they have backtracked on recruiting. Mm-hmm. They can't, you got to find your way to win because you can't out-recruit Ohio State and Penn State. No, you can't. Maybe on a good year, Michigan. Maybe, but even then, it's Michigan. And the back, the bag's got to be thick. You know, the thing is, Scott Frost has to win with inferior talent or or, or finding gems mm-hmm. before he can. Because Nebraska is the type of school that if Nebraska is, starts to be good consistently, Nebraska's recruiting ranking can can skyrocket. Yeah, watch out! But it can't just do that on its own. He's not recruiting well enough, and I hope he's good. It's just. I, I want him to figure it out. It's just I'm I'm legitimately worried that he's not going to be able to. He's gonna. I think he has at least another two years there. Yeah, I, I don't see him being a long term success there. But let me or let me ask a. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know if I want, I'm going to ask it anyway. The bigger question here is, is Nebraska just broken? Not Scott Frost. Not the program. Is Nebraska as a whole, as a football institution, as a football quote unquote powerhouse is it broken like as a sleeping giant we've called them a sleeping giant but you can only be a sleeping giant for so long if you don't wake up you're not a sleeping giant you know yeah like the Pelini years were consistent 10 win seasons which is great and then they ended up getting greedy i don't you know what i don't even want to blame them for that because after a certain amount of time you need to find a way to take the next step forward they clearly missed on that yeah they're on their what third head coach after Pelini, and they're essentially treading water like what does the what does the life raft for this for this football program look like are they going to tread water forever are they going to sink to the bottom like what is it what is what is i don't think that long term i don't think nebraska is necessarily broken but i I think parts of it are broken i think that the ultimate reality is the fact that they can't be what they were Mm -hmm. they can't they can't reach the heights that they... I don't think Nebraska can win a national championship. But I think Nebraska can beat Wisconsin. I think the biggest part of that is access to talent. Access to talent is such a bigger factor in today's college football than it was 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Similar, simply because of the, the nationalization of recruiting. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's it's less regionalized, it's more nationalized. Like, And that's great because Nebraska can go into Florida and get kids that they probably couldn't get before. Right. But the reality is that Nebraska naturally does not have an access to talent that is going to allow it to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. And until things change, I don't, I don't see that. I, I, I think it's broken in that regard. I think Nebraska can still be great. Does the system work in their favor? Meaning, this whole essentially, essentially a gold rush for talent and a gold rush for coaching and stuff. Does this hurt them or help them? Like. Is their brand so hurt right now that they're not seen as one of those top schools that can benefit from that? Or is do people see them as a sleeping giant? Uh, I think their brand is hurting. Okay. I don't think people see them as a sleeping giant. I think that I think that recruits' parents mm-hmm. might feel that way. Because like my dad was, right out of, was out of college my age, a little bit older, when Nebraska was winning national They titles. were essentially Clemson. Yeah. And, and the whole thing with Clemson is another thing where, like, I think really if you get a good coach, you get the right talent, you get, um, you get the right quarterback, you start you start winning consistently, you hit all the right buttons, you can become that giant. Mm-hmm. Anybody really can, if you work hard and you if you get lucky. But I think that 
it's just recruits today don't think of Nebraska like that. No. So, I don't know. I hope, I really hope that Scott Frost can turn it around. Me too, because I, I, I do want to see a good Nebraska. I do want to see them successful and, and all that stuff. So, man. Agreed. Man, what a, can't believe we went down the Nebraska route today. Um, <laughs> uh, someone had to. Someone had to do it. All right, Tyler. Someone had to. Enjoy my tweet is much lighter, like much lighter. Um, okay. It is by uh, at Henry the Blasian, phenomenal name, Henry. Um, and he is quoting a tweet by Jurassic World that says, you are hiking and stumble upon a pack of raptors. What do you do? And he quotes it and says, calling and then at LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, good. A niche basketball LeBron joke. James. LeBron always beats the Raptors. Always. You love to see Death it. Death taxes LeBron James beating the Raptors. Facts. Oh, Toronto. Toronto's so afraid of LeBron. It's crazy. They can only win a championship the year that LeBron, the one year LeBron didn't make yep. the playoffs. And he went to the West. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's been Tweet Tweet Share for today. Tyler, this is uh, this was a good episode. This is a good, good. episode. I, I had fun. Bit more of a uh, uh, lighthearted fantasy episode. Yeah. What if What if I told you that the conference realignment isn't over yet? I'd be intrigued. Tyler, what if I told you that next week's episode will be you and I proposing our own conference realignments? We're not going to talk about them throughout the week. I mean, we talk every day, but we're not going to talk about this throughout the week. We're going to come yep. up with, we'll with our own conference realignments, and we will share them with each other on the air next week. How's that sound? I'm going to need to go practice some of my improv and my debate skills. In- uh, incredible. Pull up my uh, pull up my old binders from college, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my go some notes. I'm gonna take my legal pad and like have so many scribbles and I'm gonna have scribbles. I'm flying. I'm flying. See the key. The key is to make sure it's it's unreadable. Yes, that's when you know you. Oh, for going. sure, for sure. Um, I'm flying home to South Florida this Saturday, so I think uh, I have Ooh. some plain material to go ahead and do. I feel bad for the person yeah. sitting in the row across from me. Yeah. Because they're going to just see me, like, headphones on, scribbling. See, hot take for me, I love pl- long plane oh, rides. Oh, me too. Because, cause, and I think this thing, I'm a writer and I like to, like, and you agree with, you, you're in the similar yeah. vein. Like, I like to be, it's nice to not even be able to go on your phone. Mm-hmm. And then just sit there and have to sit there and be like, all right, now's a good time to start writing down ideas or start planning That's out things. That's what I and, do. Like, Start li- listening to music while I'm doing I, it. Like, I listen. I write poems. No possible distractions. No YouTube videos to distract listen, me. Listen. Like, poems, song lyrics, ideas for short screenplays, for short stories I have. I get a lot of reading done on the airplane. Oh, yeah. I, re- I refuse. Um, I purposely don't bring headphones that plug into the the seat for the TV. Yeah, I only So do that like I don't watch Bluetooth the movie. Like, on, on purpose, yeah, I don't I agree. So. I agree. And I always feel bad anytime that I do feel bad because like i'm like oh i have movies i need to catch up on and now be a good time but i'm like no 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 i need to do yes. this i need to, I'm gonna I need write. to sharpen my mind yes. i love it i love it oh, I love it. oh all right oh man all right so next week we will be doing that tyler how about that how about that i'm excited uh all right tyler anything else you want to say before we sign off uh nothing much just uh in circling all the way back to our earlier conversation mm-hmm. about david swinney uh just be a reminder always uh, to evaluate not just what you're doing wrong, what you might be doing wrong, but what you're not doing and what you can be doing better. So, well um, yeah, and also, uh, any of y'all have any conference realignment 
uh, ideas. Shoot them our Make way. Make sure to shoot them our way. You know where to get to us. SidelightJudgment at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at SJ underscore podcast. You can find us individually on Twitter. Tyler's at T underscore K underscore Williams. I'm at S-D-E-L-A-E-S. You know where to find us. You know where to find us. Oh, come, come on. on. It's not that it's hard. It's not that bad. Uh, all right, Tyler. This has been yet another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators.